Hi, this is Sam Chan, and welcome to the Sam Chan Leadership Podcast. It is my honor to serve you, help you achieve your dreams. Let's do this together. So last night, I hear Sammy Rodriguez told up. So he is first Samuel, I'm second Samuel. So you get, we, we're, gonna, we're going to just make sure that we cover the uh, Old Testament well today. Pastor Tony, thank you for this amazing invitation. Uh, this, this year has been just amazing for me. For others, it may have been whatever, but for me, it's changed my life. I used to be on about 180, 190 flights a year. In 12 months' time, this is today's my second trip. And the only reason I'm here is uh, Tony Rodriguez said, I got friends in high places and I got friends in low places. And if you don't want your knees knocked, show up. So I'm here <laughs> under duress. But what a joy it is to be with you. Thank you for all you do. Can you give it up for Pastor Tony? Uh, and there's another benefit of uh, COVID. These microphones, before every speaker speaks, they sanitize them now. <laughs> These are the stinkiest. Preacher spit. Fungus growing. Every kind of virus carrying mechanisms. But my brother sitting next to me was, you know, just cleaning it down. I said, God finally heard our prayers finally heard our prayers. What I want to do is to talk to you on a simple subject, now, next, and rechurch. Now, next, and rechurch. I've got five major points and 24 minor points. <laughs> and I've got 38 minutes and 10 seconds. I can do that. The purpose of my doing that is to start conversations. I'm not trying to land anything here today. not trying to put a ribbon on anything today because I recognize who's in the room and who's going to watch this later on. I want to start conversations in, your, in this room that you can carry to your rooms wherever you come from, to your boardrooms, to your elder rooms, to your deacon room, trustee room, staff room, SLT, DLT, any kind of T room that you have in your church. Now, next and rechurch. I want to frame where we are living right now. So a little background on that, a little background. I'm a leadership consultant, so uh, my clients are all over the world. Uh, these COVID days have been just amazing for me. I get to speak worldwide. I have spoken to more pastors and leaders from my Basement, I call it my lower level. Sounds better, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, from a, from a basement of my house than I have in four or five years combined. I've been to more countries and doing what I'm doing right now from there. So many of the things I'm going to talk about in this session are things that I've curated, learned from. So whenever I'm speaking, I'm not just speaking, I'm learning from them as well. So, here are the four things you need to know about the atmosphere that we're operating in right now. Number one, this is the worst physical pandemic that we have experienced since 1918, which was the Spanish flu. Worst physical pandemic. Number two, this is the worst 
financial setback for many since 1929, the Great Depression. Number three, this is the greatest social upheaval that the world, not just America, but the world has seen and is experiencing since the 1960s. There's upheaval everywhere. Uh, my, you know, I, my folk are from India. In case you're looking at me saying, it looks familiar, you might have seen me at my gas station. <laughs> my Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> my Subways. We're gonna take over. <laughs> Absolutely. You cannot operate your computer without talking to somebody who sounds like me. We're in charge. You just need to know we're in charge. We're in charge. <laughs> Don't mind telling you we're in charge. So I'm talking to leaders all over the world. There's social upheavals everywhere. And the fourth one that I think we have to somehow grapple with is everybody is tired. Leaders put on a good face, but I'm here to tell you, there's inner fatigue, frazzled, fried, decision-making overload, all kinds of things are going on in the life of a church, and leaders are tired. I remember I was just about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I was doing a, a Zoom conference for what they said was the 87 largest church pastors in Europe. So there were all kinds of European countries on that call. I could see all of them. And they were representing 87 of the largest churches in all of Europe. And somehow I started talking to them about this, what I'm talking to you about today. And I said to them, so many of you are just totally fried, frazzled, personally and professionally. And you know what I started seeing on that screen? All those little boxes. I started seeing grown-up men and women start crying. Because nobody has given you, the church leaders, permission to live in the moment. You have to be ahead of them. I'm the leader. But on the inside, you're dealing with existential angst that most people are not willing to talk about. I'm a faith guy. I'm, I'm all about what Pastor Tony's talking about. But I'm also here to tell you that unless you are real with yourself, you can't be real with other people. So, and if you are tired like that, if you at your level are tired like that, imagine those who serve you where they're at. Because in your position as a lead pastor, as a senior pastor, you have options. You can say, no, I'm not going to do that meeting. No, I'm not going to do that call. No, I'm not coming in today. No, I don't have to do that. But your graphic people, your media people, your worship people, they, don't, they can say, no, pastor, I, I'm kind of having a down day today. And instead of just doing five days, six days a week, now it's 24-7. Never stops. So the people that you are leading are going through some very difficult, what are called the bruising of the soul. It's like, anybody ever got, a, got, got hit in your thigh or your shoulder where there's muscle mass, 
And it's that deep, it's not showing, the bruise is not showing, it's not blue and black anywhere, but it's deep down in there, in the deep tissue, that's the pain that leaders are facing right now. You don't see it, but it's there. So, what should the church be asking right now? The church should be asking five questions right now, five questions. I'm going to give them all to you, then I'm going to walk up the ladder, explain each one of them. Question number one, what should we start? Question number two, what should we stop? Question number three, what should we suspend? Question number four, what should we sustain? And question number five, what should we speed? Start, stop, suspend, sustain, speed. Now again, you'll, you'll see how I'm going with this because you can carry these conversations into your leadership team and have these conversations. Let's talk about the first one. What should we start? While many things have gone to lockdown, while many things are closing down, while many things have had to shut down, this is a great time to start stuff you always want to start. Listen, listen, you, you, your, your vision is not in lockdown. Your mission is not in lockdown. Your calling is not in lockdown. Your anointing is not in lockdown. Your, your dreams are not in lockdown. Your future is not in lockdown. Start something that you've always wanted to start. Because this is that low risk threshold because people are distracted. You can start stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so when, when this happened in March, uh, uh, my last flight was March the 12th when, uh, back then, and, and when this happened in March, I started asking myself, what can I start, what can I start, what can I start, what can I start? So in April, many of you got this on your seats. Did everyone get one of these on your seats? It's free, so just relax. <laughs> yeah, you're thinking I'm going to hit you up for something. It's simply called a veil. I started a leadership brand called Avail. Started, this is one of the things that we do in Avail. Uh, this is free, by, by the way. But, so it's a 130-page, five-color, glossy, leadership, Christian leadership magazine. Comes out every quarter. You, by the way, you can get this free. Just go to the, uh, there's a sticky on here. I don't know what it says. Whatever it is, just say that. Do that. <laughs> And, and, and here's the deal, here's the deal. Please hear me. I've always wanted to start something we could give away. And so it's not just for you in this room. You can have your entire church. Go to the website, sign up, and get the next four issues free. A whole year. <laughs> I think we can move the needle sort of, kind of, in everyone's life. But this is... Something to start, by the way, uh, if, if uh, you want to carry some home with you, we've got some extra of these out there on the table. When you're leaving, just, just pick up as many as you can use and carry them out with you. But you can get that simply by going to the website. What are you going to start? Number two, what are you going to stop? This is a great time to kill some stuff. You know, very few people are going to funerals anymore. This is the time to just pull the plug. Listen, it's an open secret in your church what is dead. You don't need a consultant to come in and tell you what's stinking, what's dead. Everybody knows they're just waiting on you 
to recognize. It's a dead horse. Okay, okay, okay. Watch me, watch me, watch me, watch me, watch me. Watch me. If I'm on a horse, I'm riding a horse, I'm riding a horse, I'm riding a horse, and the horse dies under me, what do you want me to do? <laughs> Dismount, right? You know what we do in church? In Jesus' name. Come on, come on, come on. In Jesus' name. I'm believing you, God. I'm believing you. Keep believing this dead. At one time, that program met a need, but not now. Everybody can think about three things you want to kill. And if you really have some courage, ask your staff. They'll tell you. This is a great time to stop stuff. So I think a great staff meeting would be, ladies and gentlemen, what should we stop? Because, I don't know if I need to say this. Because if you, if you don't eliminate You're going to die of constipation. <laughs> Dave Martin was thinking it, so I thought I'd just say it. <laughs> what to stop. Number three is what to suspend. What decision do you need to make that you don't need to make right now? And you can say to yourself, we will make this decision in October. We will make this decision down the road. You're not denying the need for a decision, but when you suspend a decision, you take away the constant every week, the same conversation, every week, the same conversation, every week, the same conversation. Stop it. You're taking a bandwidth of your organization, and you're talking about stuff that you can suspend for down the road. Number four is what? What should we sustain? You need to know this is what we're going to carry on. We're going to continue doing these things. We're going to sustain these things. And once you know what you're going to sustain, you're going to give it energy, you're going to pay it attention, you're going to give it resources, you're going to give it finances, you're going to give it facilities. Then now you know what you're going to sustain and you put your effort behind that. And number five is what? What should we speed? Every church has to recognize the two or three things that you're doing right now that are bringing you the greatest return on investment. You can't be doing everything you used to do. So at this time, and this is going to keep shifting. So it's not like, well, this is what we're going to do till Jesus comes back. Ain't nobody doing till Jesus comes back stuff anymore. I don't know how else to say this. But you all figure it out. Say it better way next time. What are we doing right now that's bringing us the greatest results? And we lean into that. We put our resources behind that, and we speed that. So we talked about four points, five points, and here we go into the shifts that you need to be thinking about right now for the future. I'm going to give you eight of those shifts. Eight of those shifts. I want to pause here, and I want to call this, this point, it is arc A-R-K, building time. Ark, building time. Like Noah. So God comes to Noah and says to him, hey, hey, dude, you're doing good. I want to save your family. This is what I want you to know. It's going to rain. He says, what's rain? 
Because the Bible tells us it's never rained before. And then he says to him, it's going to flood. What's a flood? Aren't those the times we're living in right now? We are being asked to do things in our spirit that we've never heard about or done before. And then he says to him, you've got to build an ark. What is an ark? So from the time that God spoke to Noah, and then he went to Home Depot. <laughs> Read your Bible, obviously. And then he got in the ark, God closed the door, and started raining. That time is what I'm calling ark building time. Listen, church. Listen, church. This is an amazing moment that we have. Because I believe that what God is getting ready to do is going to blow your mind. It's going to be just totally another Pentecost. It's going to be a total supernatural, unqualified move of God. But this is arc building time. What are you going to... So, so let, let's just, for our argument's sake, just discussion purposes, let's just say we will re-church. We will, because there's no such thing as going back. You'll be going back. That church is gone. <laughs> there's no such thing as reopening. <laughs> it's over. So I'm just calling it re-church. Now, next, and re-church. So let's just say you're going to have, uh, another way that I want to say it, it's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. It's not an old stuff made over. It's a new beginning. So let's just say for argument purpose that we are going to have a new beginning, re-church in October. Let's just say that. Just for, I'm not predicting that. I'm not a prophet. I'm just giving you a spatial way to understand that. My question for us then is, at the end of February, what should your churches be doing between now and October? I'm going to give eight things. You ready? I'll give you all eight, then talk about them. Number one is personnel. P-E-R-S-O-N-N-E-L. Personnel. Number two, processes. Number three, programs. Number four, provisions. Number five, preaching. Number six, preparation. Number seven, Personal. Number eight, prayer. Let me give them to you again. Personnel, processes, programs, provisions, preaching, preparation, personal, and prayer. Those are eight meetings you can have with your team anytime you want to. Let's talk about the first one, personnel. So there are two kinds of people in your church. Those who are paid, leaders. Those who are paid and those who are not paid. Paid are going to be people on staff. Unpaid is what we call volunteers. And the challenge is that God is raising up new leaders in every church. But we are stuck with the old leaders. Be careful, you're pointing to people around you. That's not very nice. During these days, new leaders have arisen in your church who are not even on your radar. Everything has gone upside down. People who are not in the, in the decision-making room 
are now making the decisions for you. Your, your leadership that used to be really on top of it have become obsolete because they cannot think innovation and solutions and they cannot take advantage of the opportunity that we have right now, your personnel. So if you're gonna go into your future with the same people you thought are gonna carry you there, it's not gonna necessarily happen. You gotta know who's staying, who's leaving, who's rising. Think of it this way, think of it this way. There was a time, there's a, I don't know whatever you want to call them, the executive team, the strategic team, the DLT team, you would meet in a room, you'd make decisions, and then you would pass them on to the flunkies at the bottom of the layer, which would be your media people. <laughs> those who ran your cameras, those who made sure internet is working. They were probably not even there, they're probably down there. Because they're kind of strange. They are not rule keepers. They show up late, they are, they're the creative types. They go with the flow. <laughs> now, they, they, they were not invited in to help me make a decision. We are thinking of doing this, what? We never said to them, what do you think? Guess what's happening right now? They're not in the basement anymore. They're in the penthouse with you. And you're asking them, what do you think we should do? <laughs> and this guy goes, brushes back his long hair, and gives you some kind of answer you don't understand. And you say to him, whatever you're saying, we're willing to do, what do we need to do? Because you see, your, listen to me now, your organizational structure has flipped. And if you are trying to fly the plane the same way you were flying like this, you're upside down now. And you might as well deal with reality, personnel. Number two is processes. Your systems and structures have shifted. How you made decisions, how often you had meetings. Remember the time when you used to have three board meetings to approve a paperclip? <laughs> I've been at the church. I was the pastor. <laughs> now, you pivoted. You shut stuff down. You started new stuff. You totally reorganized your church overnight. Because your processes, and listen to me carefully, please, 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 senior pastors especially, and, and leaders, listen to me. If you go back, to how you used to do decision-making and processes and procedures in your church, you are just being self-destructive. This is an amazing opportunity to use COVID for every excuse to do what you want to do. I mean, God is giving you this gift you know, it's COVID, we gotta do this. Okay, pastor. You know, with COVID, we gotta stop that. Okay, pastor. Because this excuse is gonna go away. Use it right now. 
maybe I'm just the only demented one in this room. <laughs> Number three is programs, programs. So there are two kinds of programs, inside the church, outside the church. Right now, churches that are thriving are focusing more on the outside than the inside. The churches that are growing right now are doing high community, high compassion. Churches that are showing increase in attendance, increase in money, many of them are, by the way, are doing that because they have focused not on the inside, but on the outside. Your programs have to shift. Number four is provisions, your money, your facilities, your fundraising. I have seen more generosity in the church during these times than a long time. The challenge is that the leaders feel like, you know, I don't want to ask them for any more money. Ask. <laughs> they want to give. Give them an opportunity. Because the provisions are there. But it's all for your asking. Preaching. Oh, yeah, preaching has changed. <laughs> I have some friends. You know who used to bring it? You know what I mean by that? Mm, like, mm, somebody needs to know. So, and the organ behind them and all that kind of stuff. Those days are over. Ain't nobody else in the room but you and a camera. <laughs> and the guy behind the camera is asleep. So we move from style, we even move from communication. What we focus on is connection. So when all this happened and everybody went on Facebook and, and all that, all that, all that, people started, you know, really bringing the style to it. But now it's not about style, it's not about content, it's really about do I am connecting with the people? Because every, I mean, people are thinking differently. Every church that I'm working with has seen a, has seen a, seen a decline in their live watching and sees an uptick in their watching on demand. So, I mean, I found out very quickly, why do I need to get up at eight for the eight o'clock service when I can see the service at five o'clock in the afternoon? Remember Benny Hinn wrote a book called Good Morning, Holy Spirit? Should have said something like, good afternoon. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Hendrick out of Dallas Theological Seminary when he was alive, he said this, if God intended for us to watch the sunrise, he replaced it later in the day. <laughs> so how's your preaching changed? If your preaching has not changed, during these days, you're just tone deaf. <laughs> the lights are on, but ain't nobody home. Mm, let me keep going. That's, that kind of went over very well. <laughs> yeah, I know who I'm talking to. I shouldn't have even brought that point up, but <laughs> I told you I have 24 points, and so I got to do all of them. Number six is preparation. 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 How are you preparing now? What's in your suitcase right now? 
If, if I ran into you in the airport and, I, and, and you opened your carry-on for me and I saw in there that you, that you had uh, long johns and you had big jacket and a hat and a scarf and gloves, I don't know exactly where you're going, but I know you're going to a cold place because you prepared for a cold place. Or on the other hand, I open your suitcase and I see uh, you, know, you got shorts and flip-flops and t-shirt. I know, don't know exactly where you're going, but I know you're going to a warm place because what is your pack in your suitcase tells me where you are going. Because you see, you never pack for where you've been. You don't pack for where you are. You pack for where you are. So if I was to open your church's suitcase, would it tell me where you're going? What you prepared for? Or are we just trying to keep things fixed and put together till we return? Preparation. Personal. Personal. Number seven is personal. Oh, it's so important because this year has been traumatic in the kingdom of God. Some of you have heard about because they made the news, but many you never heard about because that's the business I'm in. How people's families have disintegrated. How leaders have imploded. How people ran out of emotional stamina how marriages started disintegrating, how people who had not taken care of themselves on their personal level were not ready because this will take its toll on everybody on your insides. So how's your marriage? How's your relationships? How's your money? How's your health? How's your spirituality? How healthy are you emotionally? Taking care of yourself. And number eight, finally, is prayer. Should have been number one, prayer. But there are two kinds of prayer. One is for yourself, one is for others. May I suggest this is a great time to pray for yourself? <laughs> because, you see, I can't give what I don't have. I can't pass on what I don't possess. I don't want to be em empty on the inside and act like I'm full on the inside. I can't be. I've got to be more charged on the inside than ever before. That takes me to point number four. Three things under that. The three crucial factors in leadership for now, next, and research. Three crucial factors for now, next, and research. Number one, and let me give all three of them to you. Number one is leadership. Number two, decision making. And number three, systems and structures. Leadership, decision-making, systems, structures. Let's talk about those real quick. In case you're wondering, I've got nine minutes and 10 seconds left. Mm-hmm. 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 Number one, leadership. Just write down one word under that. Clarity. 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 If there was ever a fuzzy, unclear time we're living in, it is now. Can you get tested? I guess so. Can you get a vaccine? I guess so. Can you wear, do you need to wear a mask? I guess so. Everybody's in a guessing environment, right? And just when you think you've been clear enough, get clearer. I was talking to a pastor about this point uh, the other day, and uh, he said, what do I have to do, drop pictures? Yep, absolutely. 
If that'll save you being homicidal, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you all know that unless, and if you've never been homicidal, you've never been in the ministry. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, if you could get away with murder on this planet and the next life, there, I got a list. <laughs> you got a list. All God's children got a list. <laughs> clarity, 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 clarity. Don't speak in hyper-spirituality. Just tell them, this is what I need. This is what I want. This is when I want it. Who does what by when? Number two is decision-making. I've said plenty about that. There's one more sentence about decision-making. An organization sets its culture and makes it evident by how they make decisions. Your decision-making, the speed of decision-making, deferral of decision-making, the people of decision-making, how you make decisions in the church says more about the culture of your church than anything else. Decision-making. And then systems and structures. Systems and structures simply says who does what by when. System is how we do things. Structures are who does those things within those systems? I've already talked to you about your flow chart. Your, your organizational structure is sitting on its head right now. You may like it. You may not like it. But that's what we have to acknowledge. Having said that, some of you are wondering if he's going to say anything from the Bible. <laughs> so for you with a religious spirit... just so that you'll come back to my next session. <laughs> I think I'm going to drop a little Bible here. So in these uncertain days, in these uncertain days, because nobody knows, in these uncertain days, I'm looking for certainty. I'm looking for things to anchor myself to. In the middle of the tossed and stormy times, I'm looking for something to anchor my soul. And I started, I started studying the, the words of Jesus. I'm the bread of life. I'm the, the resurrection and the life. Uh, I am the way. Uh, you know, I am the light. I, I am, I am. And, and he starts making declarations. But the greatest declaration that has brought me the greatest hope has been Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Matthew 16, 18, the B part of that verse. Matthew 16, 18. You know the story, Jesus is asking his disciples, who do men say that I am? And finally, who do you say that I am? And then Paul speak, uh, Peter speaks up. And then Jesus says four things to him. Number one, I will build. Number two, my church. Number three, gates of hell. Number four, shall not prevail against it. Number one is what? I will build. Number two is my church. Number three is? Gates of hell. Number four is, shall not prevail against that. Let's talk about that. I've got four minutes and 58 seconds. Number one. Didn't do bad, huh? 24 points. I'm going to land this baby. <laughs> On time so the pastor doesn't miss his flight. And that's a great story, by the way. Is this true? That was a true story, right? <laughs> I'm just, just asking, just asking. Just, just asking. Just asking. Just asking. Just asking. <laughs> I may not be back the second session. It's been nice seeing you all. Love you all. Here we go. He says, I will build. 
The word build there is a verb. It is not a build like done, period. It is building. I am building my church. Did you know he is still building his church? Even during these days, he didn't just say, <laughs> what am I going to do COVID-19? You know, we can't we can do nothing with it. Angels, just take a break. No. He's still doing what he is building. Everyone say building. He is building. He's still doing it. He's building his church. And he says, I will build. Number two is whose church? Oh, you got to just rest in that. It's not my church. It's not your church. It's his church. I'm simply a store manager. I don't own this company. He's the CEO of this company. I don't even own a franchise. I'm just a basic assistant manager, an under-shepherd. He says, I will build, it is his church. So everyone just exhale, relax. And number three is gates of hell. Now, wouldn't it have been wonderful if Jesus just said, I will build my church, and it's going to be a prevailing church. But no, he has given us a reality check. And the reality check is that there are gates of hell. Demons and devils are unleashed against the church. And you got to know, Jesus knows that. He's told his disciples. But then I love the last part. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. Everyone shout out, not. not. One more time. Not. One more time. Not. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Oh, you got to know that. There's a not in there. Nothing can happen against the church because it's a victorious church. It's a prevailing church. It's an overcoming church. We're going somewhere. We're going to do something. We're going to change the world. Don't just curl up and die somewhere. Say, God, you give me a great opportunity. I'm going to go somewhere and make a difference in this world. Well, I've given you 24 points. I still got two minutes left on the clock. It can be done. Bye.